You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. Before we get started with today's on-air coaching call all about how to get the word out about your yoga workshops, I want to invite you to grab my brand new freebie. It's a download of 100 yoga workshop ideas. You can get it at teachingyoga.net slash 100 workshops. There's also a link in the show notes for this episode. You can click that right from your podcast player. My guest today is Carrie Moscow. She's a yoga teacher from Atlanta, Georgia, who loves teaching workshops, but feels overwhelmed and drained from the task of promoting them. In this on-air coaching call, Carrie and I talk through her intended audience for the workshop and how to create systems for promoting them that will be much easier and more efficient for her. One more thing before we jump into that conversation, if you are listening to this episode soon after it's released, I want to invite you to my brand new free masterclass, Three Keys to a Stellar Yoga Workshop. Register at teachingyoga.net slash masterclass. If you are listening to this episode later on, the same link will allow you to sign up for the waitlist to be the first to know the next time that I offer it. Again, it's teachingyoga.net slash masterclass. I do not want you to miss out on it. So if you're not driving, please pause this episode, go ahead and register and come back. I will be waiting for you, ready to jump into the on-air coaching call with Carrie. So I was checking out your Facebook page and I noticed that you have been running a lot of workshops, which is our topic for today. I'd love for you to give me a brief snapshot of what that's looking like for you, where your challenges are, and what you'd really like to focus on today. I feel like my biggest challenge is getting the word out to everyone. And I do want to make sure I'm advertising in a way that makes people want to take the workshop. And I've listened to your podcast in the past so people know why they are taking it and exactly what they are going to get. So I feel that it exhausts me spending a lot of time on social media, emailing, texting people, letting them know that I have this event going on. And at the end of the day, after I do the workshop, I'm always so excited that I did it. But it's also for me a lot of work in the promoting part. So while I'm doing that part, which is not my favorite, it makes me question, should I keep doing this? But then after you teach it, you're like, yes, I definitely need to keep doing this. Yes. Okay. So what that means is that you could have a better system for yourself. Because I think that the reason that marketing exhausts us is because we're trying to think through it on the fly instead of having a plan. When you have a plan and you're just following the plan, marketing is just like any other task in our business. Decision-making is what exhausts us. And because marketing feels so vulnerable, decision-making around marketing is super taxing on our prefrontal cortex. The best way to 
circumvent that challenge and that level of being drained. First of all, of course, there's just a level of getting used to it. And once you've done something enough times, then it's not as hard with repetition. But if you're asking yourself to reinvent the wheel every time and kind of figure out what to do, what to say, how to promote it as you go, that's so much more work than having a plan, having a content calendar, a promotion calendar, and then just as much as possible, you're going to program all your social media posts ahead of time, like in a big chunk. So I think, and I'm curious, anybody listening who's done this, I'm curious if other people have the same experience, but I think that just really diving in for a day or two and getting almost everything scheduled is way more sustainable than trying to do it in little chunks all along the way. So I'm curious, do you work with a promotion calendar? Do you pre-program everything? Or have you been trying to figure it out as you go? Pretty much trying to figure out as I go. Um, I'll have an idea for some themes planned ahead of time, but that's pretty much it. Something else that I'm having a hard time with, with organizing, I'm a recent breast cancer survivor and I have major chemo brain. So I have to write a lot of stuff down. And so I am in a habit of when I get a system and I feel like you're right, I could do that better with my marketing system. So I don't forget on one of the avenues and I can just, like you're saying, check it off the list and then it'll go faster instead of me. What did I forget to do, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have chemo brain. I have mom brain. <laughs> I don't know if that's similar, but I'm the same way. I, I have got to write everything down and I have all these different systems. Like I have one app on my phone for tasks that are kind of more immediate. And then I have another app on my computer that's more long-term tasks because I don't want to have everything on my phone. I don't want to be looking at everything at once, but I want to spend some time planning long-term. And then I want to have someplace else to go to in those moments where I'm like, I have a little time. What should I work on? What should I do next? So once you've taught a few workshops and you're pretty convinced that, yeah, this is, I want to keep doing this. This is my jam that you have all your dates for your workshops planned out well in advance whether you want to plan them out quarterly or yearly. I feel like the longer that you do it, the farther in advance you start to plan. I'm kind of at the place where I like to plan a year in advance, approximately. I'm not always there, <laughs> but that's what I like. And I know people who are like really well known who are pl planning like two years in advance. Wow. So I don't know if I want to get there. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But you got to figure it out for yourself. So in that way, you're actually batching the details, the logistics of all the workshops. I don't know if everybody listening is familiar with the con concept of batching, but it's basically grouping like tasks with like. There's a inefficiency in task switching. So for example, you have one workshop and you're trying to do everything for that workshop, but there's all these different types of things you have to do for that workshop. You have to conceptualize it. You have to plan the content. You have to plan the promotion. You have to implement the promotion. You have to plan how you're gonna follow up, plan the details of 
everything that you need to remember the day of, right? So that's a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But if there's a way to, to batch some of that, it's more efficient and it's less draining on your time and energy. So that's kind of stage one is batching a bit of the planning process. When you repeat workshops, so you've taught them once and then you're just refining what you've already taught, that's also another efficiency. The big thing that you're wanting to talk about is efficiencies in promotion. So talk to me about who your workshops are for. My workshops, the ones that I'm currently doing, I have another idea of one that I want to start, but I'm doing essential oil yoga workshops that people who are taking them really are enjoying. I use essential oils during the entire class. And then we talk about what the oils, what their benefits are afterwards, and we can share health tips and et cetera. Um, so I feel that I'm going for anyone that wants to add more wellness into their life. I haven't thought about an age group because I've had people as young as their 20s and women up to 70 in the class. I haven't had any men attend yet, though I did have one of my students tell me he wants to try it. So I really haven't thought about, you know, beyond that, about who it's for. Okay. So when you're trying to promote a workshop where the audience is really general, this is also going to take more time and energy because the more specific the intended audience for your content, let's say that your promotion is basically content. This is something that you're creating, you're generating in order to reach people. The more specific the audience is for that, the easier it is going to be to generate that content. And so when you narrow down, and this is something that I talk about a lot, you've probably heard me talk about on the podcast, when you narrow down a niche, you're not saying men can't attend. You're saying, I'm writing this content for women. Because you know that 90% of the people who are going to be interested in the content are women. Now, the interesting thing that happens is that there are some men who are attracted to the same type of content as women are. Now, you don't have to call out, this is for women. You don't have to call that out in your content. It's like, you know, when you're writing the content, the narrower and more specific you get, it's your choice of words, it's your choice of color, it's your choice of font, it's your choice of photo. All of these things become simpler when you have a clearer person that you're talking to. Some men like that. Some men like things that are marketed towards women. They are attracted to that same thing. And then they're welcome in the course, in the workshop. There might even be times where you specifically include them in your, in your marketing, where in general, most of what you're doing is being really, really specific. But occasionally, you'll have a little bit of like a... Um, a wider embrace or a wider net saying, and guys are welcome too, right? I'm not marketing to guys. This is the subtext. I'm not marketing to guys, but if you want to come, please come. So that's the first place that I would focus for you is get clearer on who you want to attract and what specifically, what problem you're solving or what dream you are supporting. So it sounded to me when you say anyone who wants to add wellness to their lives, that it's, this is more of a dream thing, right? This is more about supporting your students to evolve into the next version of themselves. 
is that right? Versus like, you have a problem, I'm going to help, help you solve that problem. Right. And a lot of the idea, I feel like with oils, it's moving away from like pill bottles and drugstore and being able to do things, you know, turning to those first. Mm. I feel like a lot of people, that's what attracts me to the oils. And I feel like a lot of people, when they start to realize that, like when they want energy, try some peppermint or to sleep lavender instead of taking a pill. Okay. Well, that is the opposite, right? That is the problem solving part. Okay. I'm having trouble sleeping. Therefore, I'm going to use lavender. I'm too sleepy. I need some energy. I'm going to use peppermint. So you can use a combination of those. But what you want to do is get clear on what they are. Who's the workshop for? What problem is it solving? Or what dream is it helping them to fulfill? A reality is that the problem solving tends to be a bit more compelling than the dream fulfilling. This is just my experience. I think the reason is that it's much more difficult to convince people <laughs> that you can help them achieve a dream that they haven't yet achieved, right? Especially if it's a dream they've had for a long time. Sometimes you get into the same thing with problems, right? I've had this problem for a long time. I've tried a lot of things to fix it and I'm not convinced or it's going to be hard to convince me that you actually have the answer. But that is actually where marketing is most powerful. When you understand where they have doubts and can address those doubts head on, that is going to boost your credibility and your audience, your students, your potential clients are going to feel seen and heard and understood by you. That's making sense. I haven't thought about it exactly the way that you're saying it. So that's making sense. I'm also not a marketing person. I'm learning. And I am not a marketing person either. I'm also learning. <laughs> what I love about the approach that I've learned from my own mentors is that it starts with understanding your student or your client. It really starts there. And the better you understand them, the better you'll understand where the gaps are, where the doubts are, what is it that they need to know or believe before they'll be ready to work with you. That's the place of marketing. So if you were to, in this moment, narrow down your audience further beyond women who wanna add wellness to their lives, and let's pick one workshop for this as an example. What's the workshop you're, you wanna work on next? Um, this one is about compassion in December and we're going to, it's a hip opening yoga flow. So let's think about who needs this compassion essential oil workshop. Women come to mind in their thirties and forties. And when, as you were talking, that's also what started to come to mind too. Um, because the holidays are also extremely stressful especially for women. In my experience, the men aren't, you know, letting it get them down because the women are doing a lot of the planning. And I, I talk about um, giving themselves some self-care during this time, which I recommend every month. But when things get really crazy is when you need it, especially. And women do take on a lot of the responsibilities for making the holidays happen, especially women who 
have partners and potentially have children. So Mm -hmm. you could narrow this down in your marketing to women who are taking on responsibility for making the holiday magic happen for the other people in their lives. So now we're a lot more specific. Yeah. And now we kind of understand intuitively what are their objections going to be? Oh, I don't have time. So there's one piece of marketing right there addressing, I don't have time. Oh, I'm spending so much money on gifts. I don't have the money for it. There's another piece of marketing right there addressing that one. What are some other objections or questions or gaps that your potential woman who needs this workshop might have? You talked about time and money, which are definitely the biggest two. I wonder if there's trust in spending their time with me. Yeah, like maybe it's not going to work. I'm still going to be stressed out. You know what's a great antidote for trust? Testimonials. What we're starting to put together here is the bones that can become a spreadsheet for you where you're going to plan out all this content based on this very specific person. And hopefully once you have it all laid out, first of all, it feels a lot lot less overwhelming because now you just need to follow the system. You don't have to think of it anymore. You just need to follow the system. Then you can spend a good intensive day writing this content, creating the posts. Do you use a social media scheduling software at all? No, but it sounds like I should. Oh my God. (laughs) I cannot imagine trying to promote on social media without one. It's hard. So yeah, what, what do you recommend? I happen to use one called Later and it works great for me. That alone, yeah, already makes me have less anxiety. (laughs) You know, having something like that, for sure. Totally, totally. So for every workshop, you narrow down on who your person is. You create a plan for how you're going to promote it. You spend some intensive time focused on that. So you're not task switching. You put it on autopilot. And then you can just augment that with anything that inspires you along the way, right? So you've got this all planned out. This is a no-brainer at this point. Once it's planned out, it's a system. But maybe somebody emails you a question and then you're like, aha, I'm going to add that. And then you add it to your system, but you also maybe create an extra post on the fly to address that question. It's so much easier to do that when you don't also have to come up with something the next day. (laughs) Yeah. And I do feel more excited now thinking about, I have not been thinking about the specific person, even though I know you've talked about that a lot, especially in niches in general, but I haven't imagined my specific person in my yoga when I've been doing my planning for the workshop. So that does make me more excited. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I have the same thing. The more specific you get, the more exciting it is because it feels more tangible. Like you're really going to help somebody. Definitely. Okay, great. So that's a great plan. And then I understand too. So also just to make sure you were saying when I'm spending my day planning everything out, I will have the themes planned out. So I'll do all the themes and then I'll start to design all the social media because it's faster doing it that way. So then everything's done. Yeah. So that sounds really great too. Cool. I am not doing it that way now. (laughs) Well, most people aren't. And it's kind of normal 
I think it's very understandable because yoga people tend to be more right-brained. We tend to be more intuitive and go with the flow, not necessarily personality-wise, but in our approach to life. And so that's why for me, when I started studying basic business principles, I was like, whoa, this really changes how I'm living my life, right? Right, (laughs) In a really good way, in a way where there's some balance here between the right brain and the left brain. For sure. That's That's been really huge for me. And it's taken a long time to get to the place of appreciating it. It's not something that I would have imagined myself really feeling grateful for, let's say 20 years ago, you know? But I guess that's one of the great things about getting older. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, you live and learn and hopefully you're open to learning those lessons. So do you have any other questions about promoting these workshops? Just to make sure, once I'm putting these then on social media, like Instagram and Facebook, I use nextdoor.com too, which I can really only add an event. So hopefully people check it. The idea is when I start to get more specific talking to a person, it's going to speak to more people. And then they are going to say word of mouth, hey, we should check this out. And Eventbrite is another one that I'll post my event on as well, plus my website. Um, so that's the idea of what we're doing, right? Creating a word of mouth by getting specific. Yes. Word of mouth is always the best if you can generate it for sure. You can also encourage the word of mouth a bit by incentivizing the people who have been to your workshops and appreciated it to spread the word. Mm -hmm. If you are finishing these workshops really lit up and excited, that means that it's because you connected with people during the workshop and you got a lot of great feedback and you got this sense that what you were doing had was making an impact. So you want to talk to those people and think about, do you want to offer them a discount on repeating if they share? Or is there some other way, you know, sometimes you can just ask them to do it and they'll be happy to because they're excited. Another approach is to do the testimonial thing where you can either ask them a question and kind of have them write out a testimonial or for people who are comfortable on video, a video, video testimonials are very powerful because there's a real person there. Yeah. And I have thought about that and about, because video is really big, especially I'm dabbling in Google and I know that Google loves videos. So if you put, you know, it just helps you show up more um, from some research that I've done. So I have thought about that. That's a great idea about a testimonial and grabbing a written one or a video one. I really like that. The other thing is that when you're sharing those testimonials from people, you can tag them and then you'll get some organic word of mouth from that. They might even share when they see that you've tagged them. Yeah, definitely. Cause they're on camera and yeah, <laughs> and they want to share what they love. So I like that. Yeah, that's great. Great. So does that cover your questions? Yes. Is there anything else that you want to check in about 
I don't think so. I think that definitely gives me a lot to work on for right now. So I'm excited to have a new structure and, and to see how I have more of a plan before I felt more an empty space of trying to figure out what to do. So now I feel like I actually have an executed plan. Wonderful. Part of what I'm doing with these podcasts where I'm talking right now, we're kind of focused on workshops is because I've, I'm creating an online course about how to plan, promote, and execute a workshop. And so all of these systems are laid out in this online course in a step-by-step -step way with all these supporting documents like a template for a promotional calendar and a cheat sheet for doing market research, all the checklists that you will need to make sure that you don't have to keep things in your head. It's been laid out, it's been thought through, and all you have to do is check them off. That's awesome. Yeah, I think so. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, that sounds great. Definitely. So thanks for being a part of helping to get the word out about that. You are welcome. I'm glad that you had me. Yes. Thank you for coming on and your workshops sound amazing. I hope that you'll come back and give us an update in a few months and let us know how the new systems are going and maybe, um, maybe post about it on the Facebook group. Yes, I will definitely do that. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. Thank you. How do you get the word out about your yoga workshops? I'm curious if you have a system. If you do, I'd love to hear about it. You can come and share on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. Join at teachingyoga.net slash join. If you haven't taught one yet, or you've taught them, but have had a hard time getting people to attend, I've got you covered. I'm teaching a free masterclass online all about the three keys to teaching a stellar yoga workshop. You can register for that at teachingyoga.net slash masterclass. This is also the fourth episode in a four-part series all about teaching yoga workshops. So if you go back and listen to the three episodes prior to this, you'll get a ton of information about how to plan, promote, and produce really, really excellent yoga workshops. You can do this even if you're not super confident and even if you haven't been teaching a really long time, you can still teach a really great workshop. If you feel you need a bit of help and handholding, I'm here for you. I've spent the last three months creating a ton of content to help you reach your students and make a bigger impact in their lives through teaching yoga workshops. If you sign up for the masterclass, you will also get an opportunity to hear about a full online course that I've created to help walk you through every step of planning, promoting, and producing a yoga workshop. Now, this course isn't for everyone. It's not for people who like to learn things the hard way. It's not for people who like to make a whole bunch of their own mistakes. It's for people who prefer to walk through a system that somebody else has already refined, follow a step-by-step -step process, and produce a more polished result from the get-go. If that's you, definitely sign up for the masterclass, teachingyoga.net slash masterclass. Next week, I'm releasing a really special episode with one of my longtime coaching clients. She's going to share with me the results of the past year of the coaching that work that we've done together and a little sneak peek. She tripled her revenue in one year. 
If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will know that I'm a big proponent of yoga teachers learning about business. Y'all, we cannot stay in business if we don't make a profit. Unless you have the resources to run a charity, which is awesome if you do, if you're a full-time yoga teacher or you make a significant chunk of your income and spend a significant amount of your time on teaching, you really need to know how to structure your offerings to set yourself up to be fairly compensated. You need to know how to evaluate what you're doing so that you can measure, is this working or isn't it? So if you're curious about what that might look like, check back next week, listen to the episode with my client, Miranda Peterson. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope that you make plenty of time for the activities that fill your cup and bring you back to center.